You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. Welcome into Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center in Greenville. Thanks to our good friend Trent Britt and Gaynell Britt. Appreciate them very much for all they do for our kids in Pitt County and surrounding areas. You can uh, contact them at 252-756-NEXT or go to nextleveltc.com and check out their Facebook page. they got a big clinic coming up uh, right after the kids. I think it's the 13th through the 16th and uh, for baseball. And they also have uh, – there's a like all – all-around sports uh, clinic that Trent's going to do that for a few hours, I think like 9 to 12, but uh, definitely call them for more information about that. Welcome into Extra Innings. We're very proud as the Pirates sweep Houston, the Kooks, and with us right now, ladies and gentlemen, the man, Kyle from LaGrange. Barber, how are you? What's going on, guys? Uh, good weekend, Pirates sweep Houston. Close out the regular season on a 14-game winning streak. Uh, so we're red hot as we hit in the conference tournament time. It'll be interesting to see how motivated we are for the conference tournament. Um, we know we're in. Um, though this team seems to want to win every game. We seem to be playing. You know, we had the conference tournament wrapped or conference championship wrapped up, and we played as competitive this weekend as we have all year. So um, got down several times and came back. So I probably would expect to see that in the conference tournament also. And let's go to the western part of the state, all the way to China Grove. And that's my good friend, Bubba Rosenbaum. Bubba, what's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot, Dave. Uh, just been busy this afternoon. Uh, the kids had a birthday party to go to and so forth. But uh, another tremendous week for the Pirates. And uh, like Kyle was saying, um, that's something I was going to chime in with. Just if, if our performance this week was any indication, you know, we'll be ready to go come Tuesday in Clearwater. No doubt about it. And uh, with us right now, two guys that know a lot about the program at East Carolina, right, Bubba? Yeah, welcome back to the show. We talked to these guys during the preseason uh, on 23 Jungle Tales uh, from Georgia right now, uh, right outside of Atlanta. Uh, welcome back, Cam Colmore, Matt Bridges. Guys, how are you? Doing great. How you guys doing? Hey, guys. Good to be on the show. On a 14-game win streak, I can't would be good, you know? <laughs> no doubt about it. I told you guys uh, I'm just so thrilled and tickled. A few weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, things were not looking good, but we start off the season one and five, and we've turned it around 14 in a row. Uh, I think that if we found when we found out Wesley Hunt went uh, well, not went down, but not able to play, not eligible, uh, right before the season started, if you told me that we would start off slow but win 14 straight at the end of the regular season, that's the way we ended the regular season. I would take it. What about you guys? hundred um, percent. Young, young team, you know, they didn't have the, we were talking about earlier, but you know, they don't have the six year guys they did last year for, you know, that leadership, but you know, so it took a little while to get them going, but I mean, there's not a better time to be playing, you know, good baseball than right now. That's for sure. Yeah. It's great to see them grow throughout the year. Um, you know, they got off to a shaky start, but that's what, that's what makes the culture there at ECU. And that's what coach got deals there. And, uh, it's, it's, it's great to watch them uh, come to fruition and uh, keep pounding away and taking it one game at a time and look at them now. You mentioned that six-year leadership that they had last year or you guys had, the team had. Um, 
and didn't have that early on. And that's one thing I noticed and I pointed out early that we seem to not have leadership in the clubhouse amongst the players. That, and, you know, now when you, when you see us come from behind in so many games and play our best baseball in the middle of the late innings, that speaks of nothing but leadership. How do you change that in, in the clubhouse? You know, is a part of it just the young guys maturing and the culture is already there and they have to learn the standard because they're young? Is there something just – is it just the coaching staying on them? What, what makes a team not only gel like that, but the, 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 the leadership within the clubhouse seems to have changed as the years gone on? Yeah, I have to agree. I, don't, I think I really do you know, believe the struggle they had early on the season – you know, help mold that, you know, the leadership, you know, older guys, um, you know, they, you know, they were in no, they had to step up, you know, they had to step up and, you know, show the young guys, you know, the way, the way to go. And then these younger guys at the same time, you know, facing adversity early on in their career, um, you know, the, you know, the past couple of years we haven't, you know, we didn't really face adversity early in the season. And I, you know, I feel like that's, you know, that's going to help them out, you know, at the end of the season, cause they've already faced adversity at the beginning of the season. Um, and, you know, help mold that culture just because of the adversity they went through. And you guys definitely know about adversity as Bubba, I know, it told me in the green room right before we started the show, which I thought about. Uh, you guys know a lot about adversity, including, um, not to bring it up, but that 2017 season really, I think, uh, was tough. But at the same time, I think it really helped uh, Coach Godwin and all of you guys. Most definitely. Uh, I mean, that year stuck out and really paved the way for – the, the teams following that, um, you know, in the fall, um, I'm not going to say we didn't put in the time because we did every single day, but uh, we just weren't paying attention to detail like we did on uh, years following. And uh, learning from that year uh, really helped us grow. And um, we, we stepped up because of that. And, um, you know, it's, it's cool to see the guys, um, you know, after we left and see what all they're doing now. And they're, they're playing loose baseball. And it's fun to watch. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that adversity year was, was a big one for us. Yeah, agreed. You know, preseason, I want to, you know, I want to say we were like, you know, seventh or eighth, something something like that. And I feel like maybe complacency set in a little bit. Um, yeah, and, you know, like Matt said, that, that one year, you know, helped mold the culture to what we have now. And, and very similarly, um, you know, this year we were top top eight preseason, uh, you know, at least top 15 in essentially every poll. And uh, now we're seeing uh, why that team uh, was – or why this team, rather, was ranked uh, so highly because um, now we're playing like such a team. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And then, you know, the, the slow start that, you know, we've had, we had this year, you know, Coach Godwin, you know, had that in 17. And he – you know, they know how that coaching staff – you know, knows how to pull the guys together and string the win streak we got now. No question about it. And Bubba, to his credit, last uh, at the beginning of the season when that was unfolding, where we're going one and five, he said, hey, guys, not to branch, I mentioned our rival, but NC State started out slow last year, and they made it all the way to Omaha. Now, will we make it to Omaha? That remains to be seen. But uh, just because you start off slow uh, doesn't mean that's going to dictate the whole year. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. I mean, look at look at coastal years back. Um, I believe that was me and Matt's freshman year, sixteen. Um, it's all about the team that gets hot at the right time. They can, you know, they can beat anybody. 
Guys, you certainly played in an awful lot of matchups uh, with Campbell. You know how good that program's been in recent years, and we played the Camels on Tuesday night, and it was a regional-like atmosphere at Clark LeClaire. Yeah, uh, Cam was actually just talking about that uh, before we went live, and uh, he—I think he said it best: is we we're on our, we we're on the edge of our seats watching it here after work. Um, just that was a, that was a great game to watch, and it was great to see how they actually went down and um, made a comeback right there on the bottom half of the inning. So uh, it shows the kind of uh, the looseness that they're playing with, and knowing that you know they're really they're really not going to be put down by anybody. So uh, they're going to play to the very last out and. Uh, it's, it's been fun to watch them. Yeah, and if you really look at that too, Campbell always gives us their best shot. And Campbell needed that game to boost their RPI so they could try to solidify themselves for an at-large if they don't win the Big South tournament. And uh, so they were, they, you know, they they came out highly motivated to give giving us all they wanted. And for us to uh, stay competitive and win that game, I think says a lot about the way we're playing baseball right now. Yeah, Campbell, they've, they've gave us some fits over the years. I know, especially on the road, going to Bowie's Creek. For some reason, you know, we, we never really played good there. Um, but they're a talented team. Um, credit to that coaching staff. They they pull in some great talent. No question. And one, one of the things I'll ask you guys, uh, now that we're into the end of the regular season, quickly, and we'll talk again about uh, Campbell. Uh, how has it been, now that you're former EC baseball players, how has it been to – watch the games when you guys were right there in the mix, you guys were working your tails off and now you're just sit back. Maybe you have some uh, pirate beverages watching the games or seeing them in person. Yeah. Um, I've probably, I think I've gone to three home series this year. So I've had the, I've been able to come back um, for a couple of series and it, it feels weird out in the jungle. It does. It's just completely different, but you know, the, the fans, the way they treat, you know, me and Matt out there um, and any former player really is just so special. You know, you don't have that everywhere. Um, and just when former players return, um, you know, it's just such a special time in the jungle. Um, I enjoy it. But, you know, there's only one Pirate Nation. Yeah, I saw on Keith LeClair Classic weekend, uh, you guys had the chance to fire the cannon. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, yeah, that was the only weekend I was able to actually make it back, but – uh, I see why everybody lo loves it so much out there. That was my first actual jungle experience. You know, when you play, you're inside the fence for, for six years and finally get to go out there for once, and it was awesome. Um, definitely going to be making a, a return trip next year, hopefully more than once. <laughs> we even uh, we even got a chance to get a little jungle jump action after we threw out the first pitch, so that was awesome. No doubt. Um, uh, I was right there, uh, you know, when – Brian Dilday and company and called you guys out there. And at first you're, you know, you're a little hesitant to come because the first pitch is about to be thrown, but uh, you made your way out there. But you now moving back to that Campbell game, I mean, I guess it, I think it was the seventh inning the other night, um, Zach Neto had the big home run for the Camels and took a three run lead, but the, the Pirates immediately responded. Crowd got into it and put up a five spot there in the bottom of the inning. And, uh, in that game, we only scored – or not scored, but um, had four hits, but all four hits were for extra bases. You had um, Josh Moreland and Ben Newton with home runs and then the big two-run doubles by Jacob Starling and also Jacob Jenkins-Cowart. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been fun to watch this little 14-game win streak. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's really hard to put into words seeing what they've done. 
um, over the course of the season. Um, we're very proud alums. Uh, say that um, it's, it's I do. We all do miss it for sure. But it is special being on this side and getting to watch them and um, just seeing what all the guys that we played with are doing this year and living it all out there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, after after Ben got that final out, that fired me up. I couldn't go to sleep for about two hours after that. That was awesome. Absolutely. Um, a, a lot of people on social media and otherwise com <clears throat> commenting on Ben Terwilliger's you know, uh, emotional celebration there after, after the Pirates got the final out against the Camels in that, I think it was, what, a 7-6 to six victory. But uh, just you guys having played so many games against Campbell, um, they're known for their chippiness. They like to talk. And um, so I knew immediately what was going on uh, as soon as Ben and then also some other players. I saw Bryson Wool, who's normally pretty reserved uh, from everything I've seen. I saw him get emotional as well. Yeah, well, you know, their starter was – he was definitely talking some trash too, for sure. So, Ben Ben was another one talking trash, I promise you that. <laughs> Is that kind of – it seems like with uh, baseball, with uh, Campbell, though, it has – we were just talking about it. It seems like it's kind of like a rivalry. You have Justin Hare and you have Cliff Godwin. I mean, two amazing coaches, so close. We always talk about the state of North Carolina baseball, how great it is, but – uh, it definitely is like a, I guess it's more than just winning. It's a pride factor too, right? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, you want to be top in the state. I mean, you want to go out there every game and give it your best foot forward and um, just try and put wins on the board. But uh, those in-state opponents, uh, it's definitely something special. Uh, the crowd gets more involved. Uh, everybody loves it. And, you know, that's what we're here for. That's why you come to East Carolina is, is to play in front of crowds like that and get them fired up and, uh, we want to be the best in the state every single year and keep that attendance record the way it is. Yeah, Bubba helped I mean, me out. was a double uh, yesterday. Real quick, I'm sorry, Kyle. I was just going to make a point. Uh, was it Jacob Jenkins Coward that hit that double and was going like he was so fired up after he had that double? I believe that's correct. Yeah, he's one that I've enjoyed watching this year, not only for the fact that I was telling the guys uh, pre-show, I can't believe he's a freshman, number one, the way he's playing. He's not playing like a freshman uh, for sure, but also um, not only his confidence, but I love the emotional, uh, that enthusiasm he plays with. I really do. Yeah, he, he's special to watch. Uh, you know, like you said, sometimes you'll forget, you know, when he's out there, he's a freshman because um, he plays with so much confidence. And you really don't see a lot of freshmen, um, you know, play with as much confidence as, as he does, and it's special to watch. Dave, we have some people chiming in on Facebook. Um, okay. I've never had this happen, uh, so if you care to identify yourself, I've never seen just Facebook user, but it says, great seeing you both in the jungle this year, and it says, um, Cam Colmore, your dad rocks, um, got me sweet tickets for my birthday. That's Josh. <clears throat> the, the, the kids loved it. Awesome. I think it was Josh O'Neill, I believe. Well, it's, it's, it's so fun going out there seeing them. Um, I mean, every... I went three weekends in a row, and I think I missed, like, one game when I was there every weekend. Um, it's just so much fun. Like I said, you know, there's only one Pirate Nation, and the way that, you know, they treat us, um, you know, coming back is just so special. No question. You were talking about that Campbell game, and I know it was uh, Kyle 
I know you talked about last week how you were um, concerned about it and certainly to be concerned because it's not like Campbell, but the amount of games you have to play and it was great to have uh, that game. Uh, I think it all- I'm not a fan of midweek games last week of the regular season. I'm just not a fan of it. And then I knew Campbell would be gunning for us and I didn't know if we would be as motivated as they were. Uh, but you, you like, you know, like was pointed out, they're chippy. They like to talk trash. And uh, this team appears to be self-motivated right now anyway. And uh, But, you know, I was going to point out when, when you, you guys were talking about Campbell a minute ago, and now we circle back around to it, and about them talking trash and being chippy. If I had to live in the Lillington Boys Creek area, I'd be pretty angry and talking trash, too. I mean, what a freaking dump. <laughs> wow. No, we uh... – one other thing that I wanted to mention about the Campbell win that made that such a quality win, in addition to the, in addition to them just having uh, such a good team across the board, uh, we saw an excellent arm, a guy like you're going to see in the first game of a regional. Um, I think, is it Kate Kohler or Kuehler, something like that? And um, he's a guy that, um, that they've been throwing in the midweek trying to get those RPI wins uh, against the likes of you know, North Carolina, NC State, East Carolina. Yeah, it wasn't – I mean, he was like 96, 97, I, I believe, yeah. which was it's impressive for a midweek guy. Um, and, yeah, he threw the credit to him. He threw the ball – he threw the ball well. Um, he gave his – he gave them definitely a chance to win. That's for sure. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we definitely enjoyed watching it and um, it definitely gave the Pirates some – some good exposure to that kind of pitching before going into the postseason. Another, uh, another interesting. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna make one more comment on the Campbell game, and then uh, I don't know if you got anything else on it, Bob, before we move on to Houston. But uh, Chris Haymeyer called that game, and I uh, love Chris Haymeyer. Uh, I'd love to have him back at East Carolina someday. But Chris Haymeyer, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the play-by-play voice now for Campbell football and basketball. Campbell does not broadcast all their baseball games on radio or ESPN+. Plus. So uh, during baseball season, uh, Haymeyer works for um, ESPN, doing games for ESPN+, Plus, ESPN3, baseball, softball, uh, maybe some other sports. Uh, and Chris was calling that game uh, being employed by East Carolina. But again, play-by-play boys for Campbell football and basketball. And um, he, not only did he call it down the middle, he almost called it in favor of the Pirates. So I uh, wonder how many Campbell fans were angry at him after that game, knowing him as their play-by-play boys. But uh, – Haymeyer's a guy who called baseball for East Carolina for a couple years, at least for partial seasons. Him and Jeff Charles shared duties back when he was the play-by-play voice for the Kinston Indians um, several years back when Kinston Indians were still a thing. And uh, uh, anyway, just just an interesting observation uh, from from the other night about that broadcast. I don't know if uh, how many other people picked up on that or even realized that what Haymeyer is doing now that his full-time job is working for Campbell. Yeah, I noticed it as well, Kyle, and something else. I'm sure just the nature of him broadcasting Campbell games on a consistent basis, he kept mixing up Camels and Pirates. Yes, he did constantly, but I totally understood it because he's a great – true professional and great at what he does. And uh, because of him doing that um, in that situation, I I totally understood why he was doing it. And I wondered, like I said, how many other people – realize that but uh i don't know interesting situation for him to have to be in but uh anyway love haymire um hope to see him back in greenville one day full time moving on to the houston series um you know houston was coming in actually they lost a midweek game to rice 
Uh, you never know what, what can happen, especially in midweek play. And uh, Rice is nowhere close to the Rice they used to be. Had an RPI of in excess of 200. But uh, you know, Houston's a very good baseball team. Uh, and on Friday night, we had to play from behind once again, rallying from, I believe, it was a three-run deficit. Yeah, sweeps sweeps are hard to come by. Um, it doesn't matter who you sweep, and especially, you know, Houston, especially early on, they were playing very, very good baseball. Um, but, yeah, that sweep going into the conference tournament, the momentum that those guys have right now, especially on top of that, you know, winning 11 before that, so on a 14-game win streak, definitely got the momentum. And one question I have for you guys, and now we're going to talk about all three games, uh, obviously, Bubba, but – uh, Cam and Matt, uh, talk about what is it like for a team like Houston, who they they're on a, the Pirates on a fourteen game winning streak. Is it six or seven, Bubba? They've lost in a row. I think six, um, something like that. But uh, they've lost a lot in a row. Yeah, that's correct. Because going back, um, they they dropped the last two to UCF, and then um, and then Rice, and then obviously three to the Pirates. Okay, so it's six in a row now. Yeah. So guys, uh, what's that like going into? Uh, a tournament knowing you've lost six straight and now you've got to be uh, pretty much, it looks like it's just going to be East Carolina, I think in the uh, overall, as far as the uh, at large bids, uh, what do you guys think about uh, the Houston and do you think they have any kind of chance to make it this week? You know, it's, it's kind of in the position that we were in in 17 um, when we made it to the championship game against Houston. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of added pressure. That's for sure. And, you know, you, it's, it's tough to, you know, and enjoy your week when you're down there, you know, stressing. This is going to be the last game of the season. Um, so, you know, it's not a definitely not a good spot, but we were there in 17. Um, you know, we almost found a way, came up short. But, you know, Coach Godwin tells us all the time, he's, he says he's, you know, he's happy, you know, at, to a sense that, you know, we lost that game in 17 and didn't make a regional um, because he thinks, you know, it was better for, you know, the future of Pirate Baseball. Um, and, you know, help mold mold that culture back to, you know, what it was. Yeah, I heard Cliff make that statement, and I get what he's saying, and that that had you guys won and made the conference tournament, or excuse me, made the NCAA tournament, maybe you wouldn't have learned from your mistakes. You figured, well, we can follow it in and then take care of business in the end. But because you got left out, had to sit home and watch it, uh, made you hungrier going forward. Yeah, that's right. And I'd have to agree with him. It did. That sucked so bad. <laughs> Watch you sit on your couch watching everybody else play. Yeah, no doubt. Do you guys? As we'll get, then we'll get back into the Houston series, and I want to break down the conference tournament. But um, just an interesting observation I have, Bubba. Then we'll break down the other two games in the series. Um, do you guys think there's room for a maybe an eight-team NIT uh, for for baseball? You know, with bowl games for football, you have like 32 of them. For basketball, you have the NCAA, then the NIT, then a couple other lesser tournaments, CBI and CIT, that nobody even talks about. I've often wondered if there is room for like an eight-team NIT for for eight for the top eight teams to get left out of the NCAA tournament. Um, do, as players, would you guys have been interested, like when y'all missed in 17, if that was an option, if it was like an on-site, let's say, in Orlando, eight teams go play in, an, in a regional-type setting in Orlando, for a uh, NIT baseball championship as players? Is that something y'all would have been interested in? Uh, for me, I, I don't think so. Um, I don't think I would have been interested, to be honest with you. I think, you know, what do you think, Matt? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I've never really thought about it. I haven't but, either. But. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, I probably wouldn't want to just, you know, getting done with a game in a constellation-type setting and going back home and watching somebody else play for the big prize. I don't think I'd necessarily like it as much. But I, I do get it. I guess I guess it all depends on uh, if I just want to keep playing. I, I think it'd be more favorable for seniors, if anything. Uh, maybe they can get a couple more games in. But other than that, I mean, you know, I always want to, you always want to play for something, and that's to always go – win a championship so Kyle that would be good for it definitely would be good for guys for the networks it seems like with everybody streaming now and all the different networks I mean when you have the yeah I think it's coming I think it's the way the way college baseball is growing from a national interest standpoint all the games on ESPN plus ESPN televising more games on the ESPN networks plus ACC SEC network etc I think it's coming eventually that something like that's going to happen it's just going to be interesting to see who's interested in it who's not you know, we'll, we'll, we'll programs that are traditionally strong, like in East Carolina or, or Georgia, whoever, pick a program. Would they be interested in it, or is it going to be teams that are having a good season that typically don't, that get left out? You know, he mentioned uh, it being good for seniors, getting one more shot. You know, I, I would kind of argue the other way, that maybe it'd be good for young players to get more playing time in a tournament situation that uh, maybe you know, to, to get better for next year. Um, I don't know. I do think that's coming down the line, and I'm, I was just curious to see their opinion on it as former players. But uh, some of the reasons it, I think that it it may not happen is because on just the timing of the season, you know, guys moving on to the draft, summer baseball. Uh, so I don't I don't know. From East Carolina's perspective, like the guys were saying, I think specifically Cam, uh, yeah. with our tradition. Um, a baseball NIT, if you will, is something that's not going to excite East Carolina fans, where, 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 whereas uh, other programs around the country that are, are not accustomed to having success, it, it may very well. Yeah, yeah it looks like in basketball. If East Carolina made the NIT in basketball, we, we would be throwing confetti in the air, you know, uh, having a party, and, and UNC makes the NIT in basketball, and they want to fire their coach. But, uh, you know, moving back into into the Houston series on um, Saturday, excuse me, not Saturday, the second game of the series on fr- on Friday, the Pirates fell behind, or you know, excuse me, jumped ahead early, and then Houston made a push in the mid innings, and um, you know, Cliff said he thought we got a little complacent, and then we were able to uh, do what we needed to do down the stretch to get the win. Yeah, um, I think yeah, Matt touched on that earlier. Just the the come from behind, you know, victory. Especially, you know, I'll jump, I'll go back to you know what we were talking about um, on set or Friday. But it was uh, it was sure special to see yesterday, uh, Bryson on senior senior day hitting a walk off. That was awesome to see. Um, but yeah, the come from behind, uh, you know, the come from behind win just shows that you know the type of team this is and the way that you know they've grown throughout the season. I really don't, you know, not to say this in a, you know, a bad way, but, you know, I don't see them doing that, you know, the first two weeks of the season. Um, and just the, how much, you know, they've grown throughout the season. Um, it's just been special. And I just, I don't, you know, the way that they've grown allowed them to, you know, do that. Cause I don't think they, they come from behind like that. And, you know, in that type of game early in the season, um, mm-hmm. so the leadership is the way the leadership stepped up. Um, and that's what, you know, leadership does. And even if he did hit a walk off, the sun would be in the umpire's eyes, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I want to ask you guys about the very fact of some guys that come to mind, especially Bryson World having a, tr- a tremendous senior season. I, I know that he's, uh, I know that he has a chance to make it at the next level um, for sure. But there's other guys like Garrett Saylor, uh, Carter Spivey. They're guys that have really, really had tremendous years. And I just, you guys have played with them, friends with them. I just want to get your take on those guys, and then we'll talk about Saturday's game. Yeah, yeah, just it's been great. Yeah, um, just the oh, I mean, jump on Spobby for a second. Just yeah. the how much he has grown into you know the player he is today is just special to watch. Because you know, to be honest with you, it reminds me a lot of myself the way I was my first couple years, and then you know coming into his own and it's special to see. Um, and the the type of arm he's been for us this year is out of the bullpen has been special. Um, and Sailor Sailor as well. Um, all those guys have. The way they've grown as players has just been special to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'll add to that. I mean, the biggest thing about Spivey is always had the stuff. Uh, but it looks like this year he's got his swagger to him. Um, he looks comfortable on the mound and confident in what he's doing. Uh, and that that's is makes us proud to watch and and see how far he's come. Uh, and then Sailor as well. He's always he's always been good, obviously, for the past couple of years. But just to see to continue having that success is has been great. Um, and then, you know, a lot of guys, man, they've, they've really stepped up. It's been cool to watch, you know, Trey Savage um, this year. I, I don't really know him a lot well personally, but uh, come in as a true freshman and step up on the big stage and have the kind of year he's had out of the bullpen has been special to watch too. So um, it's, been, it's been really cool watching these guys come down the stretch and look forward to seeing him keep getting after it. And Carter Spivey, um, with the year he's had, Six and two, three ERA, five saves. You know he's got to be right there um, if if he doesn't win the Americans Pitcher of the Year. Um, just an unbelievable season for Carter. And then um, I think another thing um, get you guys uh, to talk about this. You know both of them at one point or another have been weekend starters, but the way they've embraced their relief roles and uh, you know just been excellent in relief throughout the season um, speaks to that culture we've touched on multiple times throughout the show. Yeah, and I think, you know, even that's something that Coach Goblin, I've heard him touch up on is just, you know, this this team, they don't they don't care, you know, what, you know, role, you know, necessarily they have, you know, as long as, you know, they're doing their job and, and it's there's no, you know, selfishness on, you know, oh, I used to be a weekend starter, I'm not anymore. Um, and, you know, that – that hurts a team if there is that, you know, in the clubhouse. And you can definitely tell, you know, the way they're playing that everybody is just, you know, you know, doing whatever role they have, you know, to the best of their ability and then just striving to get better at that role. And then that makes, you know, people, you know, in a higher role than they are, um, you know, push to become even better. So, And that's the kind of mentality, guys. You've been there in the postseason, but that's the kind of mentality you got to have because – uh, there are going to be times when there, a guy may not have the best stuff or uh, you have to do like literally the whole, uh, a lot of the pitching staff to make it through a game where you know that like, for example, this week and beyond, uh, you can't just have a guy out there throwing a lot of pitches because you don't know when you're going to need him again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what you, that's what you go through the fall for though. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the postseason and when you get here, the the lights are on. So, um, really just diving into what you do and uh, being comfortable in yourself and just making making a pitch, one pitch at a time. Uh, don't really worry about anything else because 
championship baseball, it's it's a little bit different, you know, atmosphere, a little bit higher stage, and you got really just got to focus on yourself. Um, and I think this team's geared up for that. So it's going to be exciting to watch. You guys uh, already mentioned Saturday's game briefly, but uh, low-scoring game, went into extra innings. We went in walk-off fashion. Uh, great way to end a regular season homestand and on senior day and, uh, and to continue the 14-game win streak going into the conference tournament. Uh, winning it in walk-off and extra innings seemed appropriate. I have to agree with you on that one. That's, it's special, the, you know, the way they ended the game yesterday for sure, especially with Bryson. You know, being the guy to do it, and the, you know, the year he had has been with that. And with that game, you guys think Dave froze? Are you, everybody else still there? Yeah, we're here now. I think you guys. Somebody froze for just a quick second. Did we miss something there? I think Dave's froze. Um, I he uh, I don't know. I don't know what Dave's comment. Dave, you're unfroze now. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to ask you guys with the walk-off fashion with. But that was senior day. Uh, how emotional is that for senior day? I want to ask you guys, uh, how big is that for Bryson and the guys uh, to be able to go? I know it's a obvious question. You want to go out on a winning note, but how special is that? Can you relive that with us last year? How, how, how big is that? It's special. You know, our last regular season game, um, you know, it was actually Cam and I got to pitch in it and uh, he, he handed off the ball to me, I think, in the bullpen and, um, you know, it was against Tulane. That was a that was a special moment for us, and it's something that you'll look back on years from now, and um, you know, just think back and you know how special Clark Clare Stadium is to a lot of the guys, especially the seniors that have been there, you know, for four or five years and played many games in there. Um, you know, and then on top of that, we were fortunate enough to host, to host a regional and um, end on a winning note there with the dog pile with the boys. So um, you always want to you know always want to win on a high note or go out on a high note, but uh, it's definitely special the way that they were able to do it this year as well. Yeah, and, you know, like Matt said, um, yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. You know, I'm almost – there was two outs actually in the ninth inning, um, and I was still pitching. You know, I'll probably never say this other than that moment, but I'm actually glad that, you know, I gave up that single because that, you know, I got to pass off the ball to Matt. Um, you know, he got to get the final out. Um, you know, we got to hear, the, you know, the, coming off the mound here in the ovation from, you know, the crowd, which was awesome. Yeah, it was it was, wow, it was special looking back on. Talking about uh, being postseason ready, uh, going four and this week, but three of those four wins, and you were behind in the mid to late innings. Um, and like Kyle said, you found a way to win a low scoring extra inning game. So, winning in different ways, um, you know, playing from behind and getting clutch hits, and all the things that you know you're probably going to have to do to win postseason baseball games because it's tough to blow out teams um you know when when your season's on the line like that in a regional or a super regional yeah you gotta you know you gotta be able to you know win you know know how to win like you said and you know different fashions um because you know and when you get to a regional you know especially super you know there's no like you said there's no blowouts you know and you don't know if it's gonna have to be a come for behind win or if you're gonna have to win a one nothing ball game or, you know, a 10-9 ball game. Um, so just to, you know, to show that those guys can win it um, in whatever fashion, you know, is going to give them a lot of confidence going in. This week we have the AAC Championship coming up uh, down in Clearwater and on the cliff on social media earlier today. 
uh, was saying that, uh, you know, as much success as we've had in, in his time in Greenville, you know, winning five championships, two conference tournaments in 15 and 18, and then the last three regular season titles, we've never won both in the same year. So this would be awesome if this team uh, could accomplish that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, going down there, uh, you got to know you got a target on your back, um, being the one seed. So uh, teams are going to be giving them the best shot. And uh, having that is honest is a uh, – is a good thing in itself just because that's the position that you want to be in. So uh, I think the guys are ready for it. Uh, Clearwater is a fun place to be on top of baseball. So um, as long as you're locked in every day for the job at hand, uh, they, they definitely put themselves in a situation. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting conference tournament because when you look, Houston a few weeks ago, you know, they, they lost six in a row. They were trying to get in themselves some position RPI-wise to – get an at-large. Now they're, they're in a position they got to win the conference tournament to get in. Tulane looked early on definitely like they were going to be in position for an at-large. Now they've completely tanked it. They've had some in injuries. They fired their coach. So uh, I don't know how motivated they're going to be. But at one time, you know, that's the last conference series we lost. So, uh, you know, what's Tulane going to be like without their head coach? And their season's gone the other way that ours has gone. South Florida was a super regional team last year. And this year, they, they've had a horrible season. They're the number 12 or the uh, number eight seed in the tournament um, coming off of a Super Regional last year. So, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We are definitely the best team in the league this year by leaps and bounds. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, can, can anybody else win this tournament? Somebody is going to get hot down there. You know, UCF's been playing good baseball. We, we swept them down in Orlando earlier this year. And uh, – you know, they ended up at the two seed. They're kind of hot right now and somewhat of a home field advantage in clear water for the night. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the how the conference tournament plays out. Yeah, like you said, it's always that. You know, there's always a team that goes down there and get hot. Like, look at South Carolina or South Florida last year. Like, and then the, the push they made, you know, winning that regional and going to a super was, yeah. I mean, because I don't even know what seed they were last year going to the tournament, but I know it wasn't hot. Um, and they were in a position – and last year, um, you know, we had played uh, South Florida in that final series of the regular season. And like you said, the Bulls made the, made the run through the Gainesville Regional and then went on to uh, the Austin Super Regional, where they were very competitive against the University of Texas. But as you see there on the screen for our viewers, um, taking a look at the matchups in the, in the tournament starting on Tuesday, May 24th. Um, the first game is at 9 a.m. on ESPN Plus, where you have four-seeded Cincinnati taking on number five seed Tulane. Uh, like Kyle mentioned, uh, obviously the Green Wave made the decision to uh, fire head coach Travis Jewett here within the last several days. Uh, so I'm uh, very interested to see how the Green Wave handle uh, the tournaments. And then also, um, you know, in that bracket, you have um, – the Pirates taking on eight-seeded South Florida, as we've already mentioned, and that game will come approximately you know, 47 minutes, uh, not 45, but 47 minutes after the conclusion of uh, the Green Wave and the Bearcats. Then in the other side of the tournament, you have uh, number two-seed UCF at 4 p.m. taking on seventh-seeded Memphis. And then in the nightcap, you have third-seeded Houston taking on the sixth-seeded Wichita State Shockers. And then um, good news is if you take care of business and win, you get Wednesday off. That's right. Yeah, you always want that next day off, especially um, 
down there, once you lose a game, you got to play pretty much every day, it seems like. So, um, you know, it helps out everything as far as the pitching staff and just that rest in general. Um, you know, it's just, and the weather, once the weather plays a part into it too, uh, your body gets taxed. So, you definitely got to take care of your fluids and um, you want to have those extra days off for sure. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's we off. didn't put ourselves in a great situation last year. We came up flat against Memphis. Um, Game one, and like Matt said, when you got to play every, you know, you don't get an off day down there. It's big because, you know, it's it's so so hot hot down there, and it's just you, that off day is just you know it's really really important for sure. It looks like it's going to be overall competitive uh, tournament though, guys. Uh, that's why a lot of head coaches like got Coach Godwin. A lot of coaches don't like to play a tournament because of that very fact that anything can happen. It's like a wild animal. Agreed. And, you know, every every team in there is, you know, playing for, you know, it could be their last their last series. So, you know, their last game. Um, so they're going to be hungry. They know, you know, our guys know they have games after this. But, you know, those players are going to come out, you know, obviously hungry because they don't know if it's going to be their last game or not. As far as Clearwater is concerned, uh, you guys having uh, been through so many AAC tournaments at Clearwater, uh, just talk about um, – you know, kind of the routine. And uh, now what year was it? Was it 2018? I think when we won it, the, you had the craziness occur and uh, you're playing on secondary fields, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, today, so they flew in today. Uh, the, basically, all teams will have a allotted practice time uh, for tomorrow. And then Tuesday, as you know, the games get fired up. And then after that, really, it all depends on if you win or lose. Um, so, yeah, I mean the that 2018 year was a was a different one for sure. Playing on those backfields, um, you know, it's always better to play on that spring training facility. But um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> really, you want to win game one and put you in the best position just to get a day off and uh, get in the driver's seat for the rest of the week. No question, uh, guys. I remember that uh, the one that the weather was supposed to be inclement weather, so they pushed all those games that were so close trying to get every single game in i remember there was for those of us in the media there was a challenge on that uh one of those other fields they had where wasn't there was something bubba they had to put a camera in like the fence it was something yes yes yeah i remember because when cooch threw he threw a a really good game against i think it was houston um down there and it was on that backfield with that I remember going back and watching it after we played on that little camera right behind home plate, like hanging in the fence. And didn't we have? Did we have somebody that made an unexpected start, or any, at least a very good start, or maybe both against? Uh, was it Tulane? I'm trying to look back and think. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. It seems like we had somebody that might have been Covington. I, West Covington, maybe. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But Matt, I know you and I talked about this pre-show a couple hours before um, um, we went live. But talk about the the craziness of uh, Clearwater. From you know, if you win, uh, Coach Godwin will give you some beach time. But that 2015 team, even though they won the tournament, you know there had been some an accident, let's say, on the beach. Uh, you know, playing a a game with spike ball. Uh, so, so you guys uh, had it a little more uh, strict than uh, that 2015 coach Godwin's initial team did. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that those rules definitely got more strict over the years um, in a good way though. You know, you want to 
make sure you're prepared for the next day. You know, it is a business trip in and of itself, but it's hard right when your hotels, hotel rooms looking right at the water. So um, that definitely makes it more tough. But um, yeah, I mean, usually when we get a, when we have a day off, I usually get about, well, like an hour, hour yeah. and a half on the beach. Probably um, an hour max. Yeah. And, and really just try to use up that time as much as you can. And other than that, he really wants you inside and just trying to get as much rest as you can for the next day too. So uh, we like to do that. We walk the strip a little bit down there on the Clearwater Beach, uh, get some good food in. But uh, we try to take it easy as much as we can on those off days. But definitely want to try and get some as much beach time as we can without um, disobeying uh, the, the rules down there for sure. What What is the seafood place that is so popular up there or down there? Frenchies. It's actually in left field at Frenchies. the uh, yeah. At the stadium as well. well. There's like four of them. Uh, once if you were to go down there, there's like a saltwater cafe, uh, the original Frenchies, something other. The one right on the beach is the best one. In my yeah, opinion. South Beach okay. Cafe. There's like four different ones, and they're all within like two blocks of each other. So uh, they wow. all have different food and and whatnot. So. Loyal listener Johnny Garner chimes in on Facebook. Um, talking about there's some interesting storylines and we've talked about how Tulane will be playing without its head coach on Travis Jewett or, or, you know, playing, playing for him um, perhaps in a way. And then also uh, same thing, uh, but you know, uh, coach Schoenrock in Memphis was retiring, uh, not, not fired. And then you have Cincinnati. I'd say if you, if I had to pick a dark horse to win it outside the, the pirates on, on that side of the bracket, I'd certainly go with the Bearcats. And then um, either UCF or, or uh, Houston on the other side. Something that keeps telling my brain to watch out for Wichita State, and that that is nothing but a hunch. Yeah, they, they uh, played better, I think, the final week or two of the season. Yeah, I base this on nothing. I base this on nothing but but what my you know just a weird hunch, and sometimes my hunches are right. <laughs> a clock is a uh, stop clock is right twice a day. Right. Yeah, correct. By the way, um, not for nothing on social media right now. Uh, very, very, I didn't, I don't remember lines ever coming out this early, but according to our friends over at pirate radio <clears throat> lines are already coming out for uh, college football opening weekend, week zero and week one. And apparently we have opened up as an eight point underdogs in North Carolina state. Uh, their preseason projected to be top 10 by some people. So, uh, Again, a very early line, uh, according to Pirate Radio, Pirates open up as an eight-point underdog to NC State for Labor Day weekend for uh, football. Um, I, I, I wouldn't put any money on any damn thing this early. Who the hell knows what can happen between now and then with, with, with fall practice, transfer portal. I think you'd be nuts to bet this early. Kyle, go ahead and put your, uh, put your house on the Pirates. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, there's, right, so it, there's no way. Particularly as an eight point line, I mean, it gives a potential top 10 team. You know, I think we could upset NC State just because it's NC State and East Carolina and we're going to be so ready. Uh, but they are, you know, this isn't your, your, your daddy's NC State team. This is probably going to be the best NC State football team. Um, God, since the uh, Coach Amato. At least 11 that year. No, I'm definitely yeah. going to come back to uh, Greenville for that weekend for sure. But, um, yeah. Cam, we got a question for you. Um, are you going to be going to South Carolina to watch Ty pitch for the Pirates in the Club Baseball World Series this weekend? 
Yeah, I actually am. So uh, it's in Greenwood, South Carolina, which is only about two hours and 20 minutes uh, from us. And I don't get to see him play quite often. So Are they playing at Landers Ballpark? Yeah, exactly. Very uh, nice stadium, very nice stadium. Yeah, because I don't get to watch him, you know, play obviously that much. So once I found out it was only two, you know, two hours and 20 minutes away, um, I'm going to meet my family up there. I believe I'm going to go Saturday morning and meet them up there. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a good time seeing the family and watching them play. Yeah, familiar with that stadium, uh, one of my best friends, Britt Johnson, who's now the third base coach up at App State, uh, he and Kermit Smith, um, they were there for several years at Lander and went to a couple D2 World Series, and I, I was blown away with that uh, Division Two ballpark there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, uh, Johnny Gardner earlier in the show congratulated East Carolina once again, club baseball doing very, very well. It seems like guys with uh, Cam, I know you're from Pitt County there. It's uh, Winterville area, but Pitt County has great baseball. Then you look at with uh, ECU, you look at Pitt. I mean, the club baseball, it's just amazing how great our baseball is just in Pitt County alone. Yeah, I saw uh, my former Falcons uh, beat Rose the other night in the playoffs. So shout out to the Falcons. I forgot to mention that. So that's right. Yeah. We also have loyal listener and viewer Mike Radford chiming in, um, former pirate wrestler from the 70s. Um, he says that he, Matt Krovitz, um, another gentleman I made that trip to Navy with this year uh, when the Pirates uh, won on Daffer's Dagger. But uh, the two of them, Mel Toller and Ron Morgan, uh, will be down in Clearwater, and they said that they'll have a VIP table at Frenchie's uh, for Tuesday's game against South Florida. So they're going to be watching from Frenchies, which I guess you can do uh, at the ballpark. That's the way to do it. Stay out of the heat. Uh, have plenty to drink and eat. Uh, sounds good to me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go yeah. ahead and plan that for next year. I need to go ahead and yeah. do that. Yeah. And this is the year, this is before you guys uh, arrived, but uh, I remember Luke Bolka uh, hitting that home run. I guess it was against Houston uh, off, the, uh, off the Tiki Hut there at Frenchies. Yeah. We saw that video many a times in hype videos before games. <laughs> many a times. Who, um, who do you guys – is there a team during your playing time here? Obviously, we know the rivalries with North Carolina, North Carolina State, UNC Wilmington. We talked about the budding rivalry with Campbell. Is there a team in the American that you guys consider a rival? I'd probably say Tulane um, would be – I don't know really rival just because – the in-state, you know, baseball, you know, in North Carolina is just so special. But, I mean, I would say maybe just because they're the team that I probably hated playing the most because they talk the most trash. But I'd probably yeah. say – I wouldn't necessarily call it a rival, though. Um, I would just say they're the, the team that I, you know, like to play the most just because, you know, I don't know. Or least liked, I guess, is how you would say it. But just because the trash they talk but. I don't know, just because, you know, the, the in-state, you know, teams is just so special in North Carolina. I, I don't know. What, what would you say, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, just in years past, you know, Tulane, Houston, UCF, usually uh, top of the leaderboard with us. So I, I generally just like playing the better competition. And, and when, when that happens, you know, the, the trash talking does come about. So um, we always pinpoint those guys on the schedule and, Look forward to playing those series for sure. You know, 
our anonymous pirate friend, uh, Facebook user, said, I love Frenchie, Frenchie's last year. Uh, how could you not? It's a bar in left field. <laughs> I, hear I bet those round buckets are good. we got to get down there and get one before too long. No doubt. Uh, one question not to look ahead. I know Coach Godwin would say not to look ahead past uh, this week, obviously with the tournament, but how do you guys feel about our chances, obviously, in a regional? It looks like we definitely will be at large, most likely a two-seed and uh, no worse than a three-seed, obviously, at the very worst. But uh, how do you guys feel about we'd that? Have to, we'd, have to go, we'd have to go two and Q to be a three-seed, and still I'm not sure we'd be a three-seed. I feel like it's a two seed, but you know, you never know with the way these things work. But I feel you're right, Kyle. That's what I've been going with. But uh, how do you guys feel about the the regionals? And uh, where would you like to? Is there a certain place selfishly you would like for us to play, or you just want us to play anywhere? I guess really the closest one because uh, I'd like to get there. Um, Thanks, Carl Georgia. Sound good to you guys? That yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're geared up for anybody that they play. Uh, really, I don't. I don't know if there's one specifically that I hope they'd go to. Uh, really, just proximity to us, selfishly, because I'd just like to get there and watch them. You know, it's been I've only been able to go to one series this year, so uh, it'd be good to see them in a regional atmosphere. You know, one one that I keep seeing us projected for is Virginia Tech, and I know the Hokies are really good this year. We played them in the regular season. Um, but unless I'm just totally forgetting, uh, Virginia Tech hasn't hosted a regional in, a region, in recent history, have they? Is first time they're going to be hosting – I can't remember Bubba. I'll have to yield to Bubba, but this is for it's, it's recent memory. No, I I think there was one time that they've hosted maybe twice, but um, but it's been several years, and obviously, the University of Virginia has been the the baseball right. program that's far and away most successful in that state, and I know you realize that. But uh, what a year for the Hokies! Um, you know, Coach Chef, um, who did such a tremendous job at Marist, and then he spent. Uh, a decade plus at multiple programs as an assistant, and then he did an excellent job at Maryland. Now he's doing the same thing at Virginia Tech. They can really swing the bats. Um, they have good pitching, maybe not great pitching, but um, certainly have enough. You don't go 39-11 you know, or whatever they've been, 40-11 and 11 in the ACC without having very good pitching as well. But uh, they can really swing the bats. And, um, you know, we saw that during the midweek. But um, – that would be an interesting location, and it would be a very tight ticket. Yeah. Well, my thought, my, my thought with, with that is they're not used to hosting, and, and, and they really don't have a great baseball tradition at Virginia Tech. And, you know, we, we, we have a lot, of, a lot of history of playing in regionals, and you go up there as a two-seed, and even though we're a young team, the culture's here to go win regionals. And uh, I'd be interested to see, you know – the Hokies, as good as they are, uh, how they're going to handle that that first time hosting a regional, and um, I just find that interesting. If we're a two seed there, uh, how things could play out. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, and playing there earlier in the year, um, you know, can give them us. You know, which we've already played at Virginia Tech this year. You know, that could they have some familiar. You know, they're kind of familiar with the you know layout and all that good stuff, and they play there. I know it was a midweek regular season game, so it would be obviously. Quite different, but it still helps that we've already played there once this year as well. And they, have preconceived no, and they may have preconceived notions of us based on the team we were when we played them, and we're not the same baseball team anymore. That's very true. Now, Kim and Matt, um, talk about that thing, what Kyle just mentioned, as far as you know, going back to 2018, um, the, the Pirates 
hosted that year on the first of three consecutive hosts, obviously in 2019. And in 2021, we took care of business. But in 2018, uh, we we did not. So just talk about it from that standpoint. And then even in 2019, we obviously lost a game to Quinnipiac and then battled our way back, winning four in a row. Yeah, I think losing, you know, that regional in 18 at home, um, because that was the, you know, the first regional um, under, you know, the Coach Godwin era that we hosted, um, a regional. And I think, you know, that year losing that, you know, helped us, you know, it, it gave us that experience of what hosting a regional is like. Um, and, you know, we carried that on into, you know, 19 and, you know, last year and having hosted a regional and, you know, no – you know how you know how it plays out. You know, um, I think it gave us a you know a, a big advantage. You know, ho- you know, hosting a nineteen and twenty one just because eighteen hosting for the first time at home. And that rain delay, I still uh, like have nightmares about that rain delay. Was the worst possible thing that could happen uh, to the Pirates in eighteen. Agreed. We, I remember sitting in that locker room for hours. I do remember that. But you guys um, were obviously, um, you know, very rarefied air. I mean, six-year guys, you had the opportunity. I guess you're the only two guys in East Carolina baseball history to play in three Super Regionals or, you know, at least be on the roster for those. Um, obviously, Texas Tech, then Louisville, and then Vandy. Yeah, I mean, they're all special, uh, each in their own way. The teams are very different across those three years. Um you know, freshman year was, was was really cool too, just because nobody really expected us to be there. Um, you know, we we were a three seed at EVA and upset the defending national champions and went on to put up a fight against Texas Tech and we're 90 feet away. Uh, and then, you know, the following years we developed more talent throughout the throughout the program and uh, put ourselves in that position just by being more consistent throughout the season. Um, so uh, it's definitely something that we're proud to look back on. But you know, looking forward to watching the Pirates in Omaha, definitely sooner rather than later. Guys, we have a few minutes left of the show. We appreciate you uh, being generous with your time. Uh, my son, Alexander, wanted to meet you guys real fast so we can. So come over here real quick. Don't be shy now. You've been asking me for like the last 10 minutes. Say hello to him real quick. This What's is going Alexander. On, What's going on, Alexander? How are we doing, man? He had a big uh, – uh, in fact, I was talking to Bubba. I got off the phone ran over to the left field fence and Alexander hit a triple on Friday night. So his first big hit of his little league career. So really proud of him. Congrats. That's man. awesome, dude. Keep it up, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. It there you go. Funny. All right. There you go. Yeah. That was a big Bubba. Bubba was talking to me. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go. And then I ran up and thankfully I didn't miss that moment. It was uh, with a matter of like 30 seconds right after I got off the phone with you, Bubba Friday night. Yeah. I remember you saying that, and you know, hopefully, hopefully Alex will continue to, uh, you know, have an excellent season. But uh, Mike Radford, as we start to wind this down, had a couple more things um, for the guys. One from uh, Mike on YouTube, he's saying, um, you know, who do we think will be the starting pitcher against USF on Tuesday? Um, Matt and Cam, I'll, I'll get you um, in your thoughts first. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm really not sure. You know, you would think always you kind of go with your number one and just, you know, win that first game as important as it is. Uh, you know, C.J. Mayhew solidified himself as that Friday night guy. Um, you know, his past few weeks he's been been lights out. So, uh, I mean, I'm really not sure. We, that's, that's something for the coaching staff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. With, but. 
it's tricky because obviously you'd want to start Mayhew, but then you know he threw Thursday night, so it's it's not yeah, what yeah. five days. So I don't know. Um, you know, I feel like you're gonna have a guy kind of spot start, and I feel like the first game may be like a bullpen type game. I may be wrong there. Um, yeah. but I feel like that first game could be like a bullpen type game, and then you know you win that game, and then you move on to Mayhew. Um, that's how I feel, but you know I could be wrong. And we know we're certainly ready for the uh, the Johnny Holstaff approach because we've done that for for the biggest part of the season. And uh, something else, um, Josh Gross, I mean, he pitched very well, um, had our best start of the three starts over the weekend. And, you know, uh, and that bodes very well uh, headed into postseason play. And then, um, Dave, did you have something? I saw you start to chime in. Yeah, I was just going to say I, I, I see what Matt was saying. I, I agree with Cam. I, I think that the way that we've been going through. And uh, they also is that if you can do the Johnny Holstaff on Tuesday, we don't have to, we're not fighting for a regional right now, as far as like getting a regional. So it seems like Johnny Holstaff, you get the, if you win that game, you get Wednesday off and, and then you have, and then put CJ May- Mayhew would be exactly a week on Thursday. That's just my guess. Off the top of that Good South Florida can hit. They're 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 the eighth seed, but they can swing the bat. Um, so, you know, I don't know uh, what approach we'll take, but um, they're they're to, to me they're a dangerous eight seed because they can they can hit. Uh, so, yeah, and any anybody can you know as you saw last year, you know we were the one seed in Memphis. Uh, they they smacked us. I want to say they even they run roll they run rolled us. Um, you know, we came out flat. Boys got to be ready to play, that's for sure. And then Charles chimes in on Facebook. He said, just tuned in. Is Cooch going to pitch? Um, have not heard anything definitively, but um, that has certainly seemed to uh, to be what we've heard in, in the last few days, that he, he would hopefully be ready for Clearwater. Yeah, um, you know, we're hoping so um, as well. Um, I know I – I don't know too, too much about it. I know he's, you know – feeling a little bit better um, as of last week when I talked to him. But I hope so. Um, you know, we're going to need him, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, especially with the experience he has in postseason games. Um, but, yeah, I th- you know, I think we'll see him back out there. Um, so That was really a shame. Uh, we talked about Bryson Wolves, and I know Cooch is the ultimate team guy, as you obviously know much better than, than – myself um and with, with that being the case uh you know he was certainly contributing um just not on the field but um it's a shame that he wasn't able to pitch over the weekend uh, one final time at Clark LeClaire in the regular season but you never know uh, maybe an opportunity will present itself uh, in the road to Omaha that's right yeah I mean and looking at it could be a great thing for him because I know he's knowing Cooch he's eager to get back out there so I know he's going to leave it all on the line, especially after having to miss a couple of weeks. And um, we're excited to see him back on the mound and doing what he loves. You'd like to see him get a chance in the conference tournament. You know, if he if he's going to be ready, if he is ready, rather than stepping back on the uh, the field for the first time in a regional, um, you'd like to get him out there in a in a less stressful situation to work out any um, any um, what's the word I'm looking for rust. No, he I might have from uh, said that last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, it's, it'd be tough going weeks without pitching and throw you know throw yourself in there in a regional atmosphere. Um, so yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. 
Yeah, between five and six weeks now, you know, going on a month and a half. The last time he pitched was at UCF, um, which was, you know, his his best out in the year, at least one of them. And, and guys, also, I want to throw in there, too, that that's definitely the mentality you want to have is to put him out there this week. But the other thing, guys, Kim and Matt, you know him better than we do. Um, it also comes down to his health because Coach Godwin, one of the things I love about him is he's not going to put you guys out there just for the sake of a win, knowing that it could hurt your career or, you know, down the line as far as your health is concerned for your life. Yeah, I'd have to. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, me and Matt, you know, last year, you know, I remember, you know, we had the double headers on, uh, you know, we had the double headers last year with the four game series, me and Matt on the double header day after we pitched the first game, even if we only threw like, you know, 10 pitches, we'd always go to coach Gallon and be like, Hey, you know, if, it, if it's a close game, we're ready to go. Um, I don't care that we pitched three, four hours ago, ready to go. And he would always be like, yeah, that's, that's not happening. Um, so you got to respect that. Um, you know, as to have as your coach. Hey guys, as we're uh, wrapping this up, let's get a, a story from each of you on Coach Godwin. Uh, I know we're putting you on the spot here, but I'm sure there's plenty to pick from, and you know, obviously, those that you cannot share on air. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Give me, give me a quick second to just any any story you're saying that you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean is it Clearwater or their regional, super regional stories? Anything now yeah. in the season? During during a game, um, you know, off the field, like Dave said, in Clearwater, you know, any, any, and traveling, anything. I'm trying to mm. think. Um, I mean, there's definitely some out there. There's some. I just, you know, it's, it's hard to. Can't share on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to throw Coach G under the bus, you know what I mean? He'll, 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 be, he'll be calling us here in about, you know, an hour later tonight. Like, what, what's <laughs> What are some of Coach's uh, weird picadillos? Does he have any weird things that bother him or get on his nerves or things he's particular about that maybe most people aren't? Uh, Hair-wise, I mean, if your hair's the, – the better you play, the longer your hair can be. So, we'll say that. Um, so, I mean, if it's touching your shoulders, you better be throwing up zeros or – Hitting above 300. Yeah, or throwing like Gavin Williams was last year. So, let the lettuce eat. But um, that's that's one thing. Um, that comes with, you know, playing well, I guess. Um, so, so what's some other, I mean, definitely just like attention to detail, you know, I mean, that's, that's one thing that's big in our program is, you know, if you're not behind the white line when we're running 300s or something like that, uh, it's not going to be good for you just to say the least. So, uh, there's definitely things that he's particular about, but what that makes us a great program. So where does coach stand on music? What kind of, what kind of music does coach Godwin listen to? I think he's got a little bit of everything in the tank uh, on the playlist. Um, I've seen him. You know, I know he's listening to country quite a bit. Um, if y'all remember the 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 coming out song for In and Out a few years ago, it was "Shape of You" by Ed Sheeran. That actually came from Coach G, so that was he loved that song. <laughs> I know his song one year, Kyle, when he when he would make his visit to the mound, it was uh, Eminem, the instrumental version of uh, "Who I Say I Am" or what. Or whatever the name of that song is. Who I say I am. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but the guys know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm glad they do. I am who I say I am. If I if I not, why would I say I am? Go ahead, bust it. Go ahead, bust it out. But bust out your Eminem, Bob. Bob, let's, let's no. see you rap. 
<laughs> Bubba's the Eminem uh, guru. But, uh, Bubba's got mad mic skills. He's an MC from way back. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's playing on the ones and twos uh, for sure. Uh, guys, as we were talking about wrapping this thing up, can you give us a take on uh, teams like Tennessee or the big picture globally, if you will, when it comes to college baseball? Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's definitely had a historic year. You obviously see the the elite arm that they got out of the pen. It's throwing 105 miles an hour, so I guess that's something to watch out for. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we – the Pirates, you know, we, we take we hang our hat on not backing down from anybody. So uh, whoever they decide to match us up with, uh, they'll definitely be prepared for it and um, leave it all out there on the field whenever it's time to go. You don't think Cliff Godwin would like to knock off Tennessee to go to the Super Regionals after uh, after back? And when he was a player, they knocked us out of the Supers yeah. and a chance yeah. to go to Omaha. How poetic would that be? That would be. That'd be awesome. So. Now that you say that, I hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only person that hopes we go to Knoxville for the regionals. <laughs> hey, the way this team's playing right now, I mean, I think they're a very – I think Tennessee Tennessee should be worried. I hope Wake Forest gets in hosting potential. You know, they, their RPI is up in the top ten. Uh, they got a good record. The problem is they're only one game over 500 in ACC play. If they could go win the ACC tournament, I could see the Deeks hosting – and uh, if we were a two seed in Winston Salem, we'd take that stadium over. Oh, I'd have to agree with you. There'd definitely be more Pirates for sure. And guys, we, we need to do our PGXGloves.com uh, awards real quick uh, for the pitcher of the week, and obviously for the player of the week. Bubba, uh, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, we'll start off with the PGXGloves.com pitcher of the week, and we appreciate first of all PGXGloves.com supported the show, and that is. Former Pirate third baseman Mark Minikazi. Um, we appreciate everything Kaz does uh, for the sports objective and extra innings. But uh, Ben Terwilliger, uh, he's won this award in the past, and uh, he does so once again. Two appearances on the week, a couple of saves. He is now tied for second on the team uh, with Garrett Saylor. Um, you know, obviously, we mentioned earlier Carter Spivey uh, leads the Pirates with five saves, but now Garrett and uh, Ben Terwilliger have four piece and then uh, you know he went four innings on the week one run it was earned uh, and he struck out six and did not walk a batter while surrendering just one hit and we talked about his ultimate celebration after that win over Campbell on Tuesday night and then for our pgxgloves.com player of the week uh, we referenced his um, stellar senior weekend Bryson Wool uh, hitting 309 now uh, he's seen his batting average rise 60 points over the, over the last uh, month, a month and a half, and Bryson went six out of 13 uh, with a home run, a double, uh, reached base 10 out of 17 of his plate appearances, stole a couple bases, and he was also honored as the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. So congratulations to Bryson, Bryson Wool. Uh, he's probably won this award at least four or five times this season. Congratulations, Bryson. You get nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, we're happy about that. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, I know you you stayed on with us a long, long time. We appreciate it so much. And uh, by the way, uh, how are things going quickly uh, with Grover Gaming? I know we talked pre-show, but tell everybody a little bit about that. They're going, uh, you know, we're blessed to do where we're at. You know, we love, absolutely love the team we're on. 
um, myself, same Ronan, the people we work with, um, you know, Brooks is our leader. Brooks got in Brooks Lee and he does a great job with our team. Um, yeah, we're just blessed to be in the situation that we're in. Definitely. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't really have much else to say except for it's been a great ride so far. Uh, you know, definitely being down here in, in Georgia's too, is a lot to do and definitely staying busy all the time. So it's, it's, it's uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, Pirates helping Pirates there. I mean, appreciate Garrett Blackwelder and uh, his support of East Carolina Athletics. Most definitely. Guys, thank you so much. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to having you back. And hopefully you you guys will come back on uh, when we have here in the regional time or certainly hopefully we can say super regional in Omaha. That'd be awesome. We'd, be love, we'd love to do that. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a great week. Appreciate you very much. All right, guys. See thank you guys. guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right, appreciate the guys very much. Uh, Cam there and Matt, good old Bridgie, and uh, good luck to the Pirates this week. Guys, do you have anything before we go? Uh, no, just looking forward to the conference tournament. Uh, hopefully we play well in Clearwater and uh, uh, win another championship. And Bubba, that's probably going to be around 1 o'clock, right? So everybody can take Tuesday afternoon off. All the guys here at the Sports Objective, you need a note from your boss, we'll be glad to sign it, and I'm sure that's worth absolutely nothing. But take Tuesday afternoon off and watch the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, um, you, you never know. I mean, it could be as early as um, you know, twelve twelve thirty if you had a super fast ball game. But odds are it's going to be around one o'clock uh, when, when the Pirates in uh, South Florida throw the first pitch on Tuesday afternoon, and uh, hopefully we'll take care of business, get that win, and then not be playing until Thursday. But um, very quickly before we wrap this up, you know. I know, Kyle, earlier this afternoon you were asking, you know, if there were any conference tournaments that were that were being played a week ahead of time uh, compared to uh, a lot of the leagues. And uh, there are uh, – have not really had a chance to dive into to that action. But, you know, some of the um, conclusions of the regular season uh, you, you had – we talked about Tennessee. Unbelievable what they did. Um, it's not surprising that they swept Mississippi State and Starkville because um, – Toward the uh, end of the season, the wheels really came off for the Bulldogs, the uh, defending national champions. But uh, Tennessee went in there and routed them on Thursday evening. They beat Mississippi State there at uh, Duty Noble 27-2 to and hit seven runs. They went back to back to back in the first inning to set the tone for that ball game. And then wouldn't you know it, on, uh, they did win on Friday – uh, after winning 27-2, they won 4-3. So that, that's baseball for you. Uh, you see, and you think back to last year, you know, when when NC State got absolutely blasted by Arkansas and then ended up winning the, the Super Regional and going to Omaha. You know, what Razorback fan would have thought that? But, um, you know, some some results on, of note. Uh, you know, Southern Miss had struggled a little bit here lately and the Golden Eagles needed to play well and um, they got a big sweep of Middle Tennessee uh, Middle Tennessee, surprisingly, I think had an RPI in the top 60. Uh, so um, that was an even – Yeah, middle. Southern Southern took two out of three from UTSA and then swept middle. And uh, they're, they're back up near the top ten in RPI now, uh, USM I'm speaking of. So and they're in, um, you know, unless they go two and Q in the uh, CUSA tournament, they're in excellent position to uh, be hosting at Pete Taylor Park. Yeah, uh, I don't think that would be a, a regional we'd get sent to, but uh, that'd be kind of cool if it was. Uh, it'd be 
be neat to renew our rivalry with Southern Miss in a regional, but uh, doubt we get sent down there. No, uh, just bringing it up um, out of interest, but not, oh, yeah, I know. I know. but not this, not because I think the Pirates will be sent there. I would guess that we're going to be in Black Blacksburg, Charlottesville, College Park, or like Kyle mentioned, who knows, maybe Winston Salem. Yeah, and then obviously you could have Statesboro in there, depending on how Georgia Southern does in the, the Sun Belt tournament. I, I maybe I'd be willing to bet you you're going to see a North Carolina or an NC State, uh, probably as a two seed in Statesboro. I think that's going to be the problem with us being sent to Georgia Southern or Maryland. Um, those ACC schools are going to have to be sent somewhere, and they're not going to send them to Virginia or Virginia Tech. So uh, I got a feeling. You're going to have an ACC school as a two seed in uh, Statesboro and up in College Park. And uh, Johnny Gordon chimes in. There's the Southland Championship going on today, or it was already happened. Southland Championship, huh? Who, do, do we know who won, or is it still going on? Or Just one uh, more. I'll, I'll get that score for us very quickly. Yep. If that's on ESPN Plus tonight, I, I'd, I'd watch it. I enjoy watching the – conference tournament championship game for, you know, that's the only way you're going to have that, that team go to the tournament. It's always exciting. Okay. You had, let's see, you had Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, they were victorious over the New Orleans privateers in 10 innings, four to three. So right. UNO goes down to, uh, to Southeast Louisiana. So uh, UNO has got a good baseball program. Um, so, uh, Southwest, South, South, Southwest, or Southeast Louisiana. Southeast. Johnny. Yeah, okay. So, uh, they are your, uh, Southland champions. So, uh, I would have watched right. that on it was on. I'm assuming it was on plus. All right. We'll see how, we'll see how it goes this week. Good luck to the pirates as they take on, we have South Florida and who knows, uh, the rest of the games, but obviously keep it right here for, uh, for all the latest on that, we'll have updates, obviously, on our social media. And now, uh, Bubba, thank you so much. As always, appreciate that. And Cam coming on tonight. You've been watching and listening to, obviously, our great friend, the Next Level Trading Center. They, uh, they present extra innings right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media, at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!